Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señores y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, football, college football, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And joining us on the Carnazada is our favorite beat writer because he is the best beat writer. And he's also the Principe of Miami. And thanks to him, my uh, fantasy or my imaginary football team, as my wife likes to refer to it, is, is in the lead right now. Uh, he writes, he covers the Dodgers for MLB.com. Juan Toribio, ¿cómo estás, amigo? Everything's good. And I, yeah, I feel like I owe you one because I told you to start the Dolphins defense. <laughs> And they yeah. gave 48 points to the Bills. So, yeah, that, I only won. That, that one hurts. But uh, thanks for joining us here for an overreaction Monday. I have a couple questions for you, but I want to start off with this. What did you see in game one? I, I know you wrote a piece over the weekend, and I want to get into those those changes. But your just initial gut reaction when you saw game one, what did you see? Yeah, I think for I, I, honestly, we're just kind of like everybody else. Like, I think. A lot of people think we're just kind of like on a computer, <laughs> just like, but I mean, I was like, I couldn't believe what happened to like the third inning. I I, I think it was honestly that shocking. I, I don't think I, my three years here, I've seen Dodger Stadium just so quiet. Um, people just kind of like upset, sad. And it was, it was bizarre. Like, I don't think I've ever seen it like that. And, you know, talking to some other people, you know, they mentioned kind of the, the back-to-back Rendon and Soda home runs in 2019. That was kind of similar. Um, you know, but Kershaw has been so good for so long, uh, even this year, right? Like he's been their best pitcher this year and just to not see him get an out until pitch 30 something like that was insane. I mean, just seeing rocket after rocket, um, you know, Almond's kind of misplay to start off the game on oh, my Slack channel here, <laughs> but, uh, God, what's, what a triggering noise, the Slack channel thing. Um, uh, but yeah, just kind of seeing like you know Alman kind of starting it off with that misplay, and then just seeing Kershaw like that. I think it took me to like the third inning to be like, okay, like this actually really happened. So you wrote a piece, uh, and you can read it on MLB.com. The keys, the two keys to this series, and I want to focus on the on the big one, the first one, which was the pitching that you had uh, addressed on there with Kershaw. Now, of course, there's going to be a lot of second guessing, and as I said, this is overreaction Monday that people are going to be like, this is why you don't start Kershaw game one, that they should have gone with Bobby Miller, because now here's the thing. The Dodgers have to win three out of the next four. Now, 
you can argue this all along, but in terms of the pitching, what were those concerns or what were you looking for in terms of the pitching in this series from the Dodgers? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, you know, for weeks we've kind of been hearing about this plan, right? This pitching plan that they're going to kind of roll out there. And in theory, that all sounds great. Like, if you tell me any plan, I'm like, okay, that's that seems logical. You know, there's a lot of smart people working in this organization. Like, it's not like they're just throwing out stuff and seeing what sticks. Um, they had a plan, but then everybody has a plan until you get punched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they got punched yesterday. Like that was, I don't think anyone, you know, people can say Kershaw shouldn't have started game one. It should have been Miller, but we don't know what Bobby Miller is going to look like in a postseason setting. Um, you know, we'll find out that out tomorrow. Uh, but that's just kind of the reality of it. Like they don't have a lot of options to start games. You know, Tony Gonzalez is not around. Dustin May is not around. Julio Rios is not around. Um, the reality is they have two guys who they can kind of hand the ball off to. And that's Clayton Kershaw and Bobby Miller. Um, and things happen. Sometimes pitchers don't perform to what they were expected to. Um, and I think that's what we saw. But again, people can say Bobby Miller. Uh, and that's not necessarily the wrong answer, but we don't know what he's going to look like. I mean, we saw James Allman. Like, James Allman's second half of the season was like the best center fielder right. you know, in baseball. And then first play of the game, he just forgets how to play center field. Right. Like, that's just <laughs> what happens when you're a rookie. Like you're nervous. And, and people can, you know, people kind of, coming at James a little bit yesterday on my Twitter, but I'm like, dude, he's a 25 year old guy has never been in that situation. The first play of the game comes right at him at 160 miles per hour. Like that's normal. Um, you know, I get nervous playing softball, dude, like, <laughs> kind of like the reality of things. So um, I think, you know, we'll see what Bobby kind of looks like in game two, but they need both those guys. I mean, if this would have happened in game two, it would have been the same situation. So mm-hmm. um, for them to win this series and for them to win the World Series, was, which is ultimately the goal, you're going to need both Kershaw and Miller. Well, Alicia was there. Uh, Alicia, uh, you want to take out any aggression out on, uh, on Toribio over here? No, no. I, I was reading Toribio's stuff. And honestly, the more you know, you know, knowledge helps because I did not like so many other not just Dodger fans, baseball fans. You're telling me that there was anybody on this planet that thought that first inning was going to go the way it did. I mean, it was just so unreal. It was, I, I was like, what is happening? What, like, I, it just was too much. Um, one, I, I, I don't like the first inning. Okay, I'm, let me start with this. I'm one of those that wanted Kershaw to pitch game one. I've been an advocate. I've been sharing. We had manager Dave Roberts on and I was like, you know, asking him like, is Kershaw going one? Hopefully. Cause that's the game I need to go to. Cause I don't want to miss Kershaw's greatness. Like I said that. And now instead I saw complete opposite of greatness. I mean, I can't even say, you know, what people are saying about Kershaw and it, I take it really hard because I, I, I always go to bat for Kershaw. And, you know, there's that folklore, that narrative that Kershaw chokes in the playoffs. And this game on Friday night, I mean, not only does it not help, but Dave Roberts has already said Kershaw is going game four, right? So what do you think about that? I mean, you just said how important pitching is. Do the Dodgers have a choice? What's going to happen when Kershaw goes game four? 
assuming there's a game four, right? <laughs> yeah, if necessary. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the thing I would tell people is like, what's the alternative? Is it going with Lance right. Lynn or like Ryan Pepio? I mean, sure, Kershaw is compromised. I could just, there's no, he can say he's fine, but you know, he has a shoulder problem. That's just the reality of that situation. Uh, but I think I'll still have arguably the best pitcher ever at even at his like 60% over, you know, Lance Lynn or, or Pepio, who again has not pitched in the playoffs. So I think they don't have many options. I think that's, you know, when you're looking at it and you're looking at your team and you're looking at the roster, you recognize those names. You think you have a lot, you think you have enough. Um, but the Dodgers are, are pretty bruised in, 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 in that starting rotation. They don't have many options. Um, you know, we even saw Emma Sheehan kind of come in there and, and he looked fine and he still gave up three runs. So yeah. it's, there's not there's not a simple answer of like, here, you have, you know, well, they kind of like Arizona. Like they're a perfect example. It's like, hey, Zach Allen, go get me six, seven innings. Right. Um, I just don't have that. Even if you can kind of try and piece it together in your mind that like they have all these options, they they really don't. Um, and yeah, it's, it's wild too because he's arguably the best pitcher ever and he just arguably had the worst inning in postseason history. In like, history. <laughs> that's just baseball's a, it's a crazy game and nobody could have seen that coming. Uh, it happened. And they're, like I said, for them to win the World Series, you know, everyone can talk about winning this, the DS, but they need to win the World Series. Like, that's the ultimate goal. Right. It's not getting past the first round. It's winning the whole thing. They need Kershaw because if they don't have Kershaw, they don't have much. They have a rookie, Bobby Miller, and then Lance Lynn, who gives up more homers than anybody, and a, a couple more rookies. So, I just, I mean, there were people saying the Dodgers were going to sweep. I was thinking they would lose one, but not the first one. I really didn't see this coming. I felt like I was punched in the face watching the game. I literally was about to post because I thought I had time. I'm at Dodger Stadium, and one I was about to post. <laughs> October, please don't break my heart. While Krista was giving up six runs, and I just dropped my phone, and I was like, I'm not posting. I'm just going to watch this game and just hope that something happens in favor. I mean, Will Smith looked great. Hey, his back got hot. I'm trying to find something to, like, hang on to because yeah. that game was just like, I don't know. I don't know. No, it was tough. I don't think anybody, like I said, I don't think anybody saw that one coming. You know, I think we all, you know, we cover this team. We we follow them around and we know that there's some things going on with him and the rotation as a whole. But I don't think anyone would have said yesterday. Yeah, I think Kershaw's going to give six runs and get one out. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just, it's insane. Like, what happened yesterday, I, there's, it's, just, it's wild. I mean, you guys were all there. Like, it was, it looked like, it felt it felt bad. Like you it could feel the sad. anger, the sadness. Like, is this the end of of Kershaw? It's like I mean, this guy's been the face of this for over a decade, um, and even at his worst. And I think he deserves some credit, right? Like, because I do think he's pitching. You know, obviously hurt. He's not a hundred percent. He's still kind of going out there. And in previous postseasons. At least he had the guts to kind of go up there and yeah. and take on those responsibilities. There's a lot of pitchers, not to, I won't name names, but Max Scherzer, <coughs> <laughs> who Let's don't you know, haven't. You know, I, <laughs> no, 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 I'll no, say no. it so you don't have to say it. Right. You have that. You work for MLB. I get it. I get it, man. Like, there's some guys in postseason history that you know they kind of shy away from that, right? Like, I mean, I remember covering the Padres last year and in, in, in the CS and. 
you know, Josh Hader didn't want to go four outs. Mm-hmm. And, and Kersh- Kershaw was always down. Like, whatever yes. the situation was, he was always down. And I think that has kind of, in a weird way, come back to haunt him in a lot of ways because he never knew how to say no. Um, and even now, he's kind of going out there knowing that he doesn't have his best stuff. And it's, it must be frustrating. Like, he obviously doesn't share a lot, but it must be frustrating when you're so good at something for so long and your body doesn't let you do that anymore. They're human. We- they're human. <laughs> well, I want to follow up on that because I know you were in the clubhouse yesterday. And anybody who has seen that video, it is the saddest Christmas ever. I mean, I think it rivals Noah Syndergaard's famous, uh, you know. No, uh, no shot. That was, that was the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my so, life. So, you, okay, let me ask you this. Because I was right in front of Thor when he was like, basically, I thought having a mental, a mental breakdown. So you thought that one was sadder than Kershaw because you mentioned a couple of things yesterday. Kershaw will never use this as an excuse. He keeps telling you, you guys, that he's fine. He's fine. No, and Kurt Roberts tells us he's fine. So he's never going to use the fact that he, he's not healthy as an excuse. But I got to ask you, Toribio, losing the way they did yesterday, does it climb not only into Kershaw's psyche, but Robert Psyche, everybody on that team Psyche, of here we go again. This is what happens. This is what, you know, when the show pod, you just got to stop the momentum. Last year, at least they won game one, and then they got the yeah. gentleman sweep. Yeah. But if they don't win game two, like, what is the Psyche? You're there. You know this team. Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many new faces this year that I, I really don't think, you know, I think we're all kind of trying to make last year a thing, right? Like that's yeah. natural. Um, but there's, there is a lot of new faces. Like if you look at the lineup, you look at the rotation, you look at the bullpen, there are a lot of new faces this year. So I don't think that's the biggest problem, but when you lose game one at home and now it's like, all right, now you have to go face Zach Gannon, you know? And I, I don't think Zach Gannon is in the same tier as like the elite elite of the game. But he's pretty close to that. Um, and it's not going to be easy to kind of get four or five runs across, which you're probably going to need in order to win the game. So that's that's another problem in itself. You're thinking like, okay, like we just had our future Hall of Famer go down like tragically. And now you have like, – now you got to face Gallen. And you're like, dude, if we lose this game, we're screwed. Yeah. Like, we're playing in Arizona. You, you might win game three because God knows who the Diamondbacks are going to throw out there. And then game four, you have Kershaw again. And then there you're just kind of thinking, like, we hope he can give us three innings. Well, I mean, we just saw what kind of happened. Um, so I don't think the psyche's that bad yet. I just think they, they're starting to realize, like, the reality of we're about to face their ace. And they still have Kelly in game four. And then if you get to a game five, they have Gatton once again. Um, so it does get a little bit trickier. And, and I still think the Dodgers are going to win the series. Uh, but losing game one like that was <laughs> – not ideal to say the least uh, alicia did you see the saddest christmas ever with kershaw yeah uh, last night i mean i know babyface said it, it, he felt like he was gonna cry uh yeah. yesterday i mean what were your thoughts on that alicia so um we moved down to the dugout club to eat and drink our fillings after that first inning <laughs> We had not planned. There you got normal, wanted- regular fan, Alicia. She moved down to the dugout club to slum it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, I wanted to watch the game. That was not the plan. Again, everything changed. Just like the guys not hitting, right? There was no Mookie, Freddie. There were no bats because when you're down, I'm assuming that's what happened. I mean, 
I know we're going to put it all on Curse. What a horrible, and, and Outman. And I know I saw on Toribio's, um Twitter or X that they were coming after Outman and stuff. There's, there was just so much going on. I, I saw someone next to me, did he did cry. He did tear up. He was also a lot more inebriated than any of us were. <laughs> but he showed up probably tipsy. And he was just staring out at the TV at the bar and the, and the club and was just like, I can't believe this is happening. Then he tried to get his partner. He's like, let's just go down the street. We're going to the USC game. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Even sadder. Right? <laughs> Three overtimes. Don't get me started. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Arizona yesterday. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, what is happening? Again, the odds are that cannot happen again, right, Juan? Like, again, you travel with the team. You know this team. The odds are I very much like that you called the Dodgers are still going to win. But I just hope that there are not ex like external factors because I did hear a lot of people last night blaming the break, the bye, the time off because what three of the four teams that had the week off lost yeah. except the trash trows. And I think it's because they have Dusty Baker, who is awesome. I, I don't get it. I don't even know what's happening. Um, yeah, I just want to hear you say that the odds are it is not going to happen again. I mean, it's just, are you a betting man? Because well, the odds are probably, I mean, I don't, I actually don't know what the odds are. I, I can't imagine they're good though. I mean, I think the Dodgers would probably be favored, like, still, I guess. Um, it just, and Bob, Bob yeah, Bob it's tough. Just, like, I mean, just... I just, I just <laughs> hard to believe that they're gonna go down to the D backs, but I mean. I find it hard to believe they were going to go down to the Padres last year too. So, right, it's just kind of, and that team was a lot better than this this year's team is. Uh, so yeah. that's kind of the concern. I, I just think they kind of limped through the finish line with the pitching staff, and you know they can all come up with all these plans. You know, the, the opener was one of them. Where's that at now? Like the, now they're now they're just like, oh, we probably won't go opener. Um, <laughs> they're just, you know, they're kind of like I said, everyone has a plan, and the plan sounds great. Until you get out there, and then you get mm -hmm. nine runs in the first two innings, and then you're like, "Oh wait, this plan, this, this plan's not like alive anymore, right? Like now we just got to survive and move on to game two. Um, it just it wasn't an ideal start, and you're trying to win the World Series. Like I think that's the biggest problem with losing game one. And like say this series goes five, then you kind of you're kind of compromised for you know whoever you play in the CS, whether the Phillies or, or, or the Braves. So. Um, you know, I think everyone's given last year. Everyone's just like, just get out of the first round. Get out of the first round. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to win. You're trying to win the second round too. Uh, so just the overall start wasn't ideal. Um, but again, then they could just go out and win the next three, and then we're all just kind of like, oh, you see, like nothing, nothing happened. Um, it's just right now, it doesn't feel that good. If you're, like if you're a Dodger fan, like it, I, I, I totally understand like the sadness that kind of comes with it because. That was that was tough. I mean, there was a legit sadness in that stadium. Well, I was why well, I, I was sad. My guys were sad. I'm not sure if Juan was sad. I think he might have been mad. But there were. A lot I, of I was mad, but for different reasons. I was there mad were, for I, and I don't and I don't want to put Toribio in that position because he works for MLB. But I will say this, and we'll talk about it later. I am submitting that as Exhibit A as to why Bob Costas is in my Fight Club. I think Bob Costas was completely out of line last night. And there's nothing that pisses me off more 
than the pomposity of someone who feels the need to show how much smarter he is than everyone else. And uh, that's what was pissing me off. And uh, I mean, Bob Costas to me, go back to 1927, bro. That's the baseball you like. Go, go get into fucking DeLorean and go watch that. I just, I, I can't stand. Go ahead, baby face. I, I don't, you're just getting my blood pressure up. I want to be respectful of Juan's time. He's got to go anyways. Sorry. I want to ask one. So you don't think, I know we hear all about this layoff, like Alicia was saying, like there's got to be something to that. Cause like you had the three 100 team wins lose yesterday and they all had minimal offense. Right. And the Dodgers are, are going up against a guy that they've pretty much taken care of the, his entire career and they didn't do anything. And then yeah. right now, Rangers are up on the freaking Orioles nine two. <laughs> it's like, I mean, there's there's got to be something to that layoff, right? I mean, I mean, what's going on? So yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it on the surface, I'm sure there is. I mean, baseball is played every day, and then you tell someone, you tell a team, you're not gonna play for five days, and then today's off day is just a nightmare. Like I, that doesn't make any sense. Um, that part I'm not in favor of. Um, but then again. Yeah, it's, like Alicia said, the Astros won the World Series last year, and they had a bye week. Uh, and not only did they win the World Series, they swept in the first round. Um, they won yesterday, yeah. and I don't think the Do- I think the Dodgers had they not fallen behind nine nothing in the first two innings, they probably get to Kelly at some point. Uh, you know, they'll never admit it, but you're down you're down eleven zero. You're not putting up your A at bats uh, up there, so. You know, the crowd was gone. Like, there was no need for you to kind of start showing things at that point in the game. So, I don't know. And the Dodgers also won game one last year, uh, which Freddie Freeman made sure to remind us because, you know, someone asked him about the layoff. And he was like, well, we won game one last year. Uh, So, that wasn't necessarily the problem. It was just kind of when you got to games three and four and they kind of ran out of pitching. And then the the offense just kind of went away forever. But... Um, yeah, I, I think maybe. I mean, it's it's so hard though. It's just, the the Braves had opportunities yesterday; they just didn't, and the Phillies might just kind of like own them in a way, which is like weird. I, um, there's like momentum, you know. These guys that didn't have the time off, you can feel it. It's yeah, like I think there's. Some, I think that's the biggest the thing. Philly, you can like they got feel momentum, it. you know. Yeah, They're I think there was something to like playing a playoff game and winning it, and then like being hyped up going into you know and like the, the d-back i think the maybe the biggest advantage of it all was the d-back were talking about how milwaukee kind of prepared them for dodger stadium because they were like this was perfect we went to milwaukee which is a pretty hostile environment but it's not dodger stadium and we kind of got our feet wet and now we went to dodger stadium and it's like ah, right, whatever like it's a little bit more um but it we're not like shocked by it if it goes like from chase fields the last day of the regular season which i'm sure was dead to like <laughs> Dodger Stadium, you're like, oh my god, doing zero to a hundred like super quick. So I think maybe that's the advantage that some of these teams have. Um, but again, like, it's so hard to argue because the, the Astros won the World Series last year. Like I think that's the hardest part. Like had the Astros also gone down last year, I would have been like, yeah, for sure. Um, but they didn't, and we'll see what kind of. And like, I think the Orioles are an example of it's a young team. And they don't necessarily have like those aces in that rotation. Um, and the Rangers are also really good. They were, yeah. they were, like, the, they were like the best team in baseball for like the first half of the season. So uh, there's also different factors to that. And like the Phillies have Bryce Harper and the Braves 
couldn't they don't know how to stop him so that's just a bunch of different things that kind of go into it but there, there has to i mean i'm sure there is something to it to, like long way to answer that it's, i'm sure there is but it's hard when the team that won the world series last year also had that bye week and there you have it i want to be respectful of your time toribio the principe of miami joining us and and giving us uh I, 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 you know, the thing is, is you're not a homer. You cover the team and you tell it the way it is. And I appreciate that. Uh, and calling it out because yeah, the Astros, as much as everybody wants to say it, the Astros found a way to do it. So everywhere else, it just seems like it's an excuse, you know, because the Astros can do it. So I, I just, that's something we'll discuss at another time, Toribio, but if things don't work out for the Dodgers this year, I don't know how you figure, but something is definitely the postseason. Something clicks for them that, that just goes off the rails. So, but thank you for, for coming on the show again. Can you let our viewers, our listeners know where they can find you, where they can read your stuff? Yeah, you can read my stuff at MLB.com, Dodgers.com. I guess that would be easier if you like on the app or whatever. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it at Juan C. Torrio. Um, I guess I don't tweet that much anymore, but I'll be tweeting during the playoffs. So that's where that's where I'll that's where I'll live in, in front of my computer. You All tweeted right. last night. I was reading. I did. I did tweet. <laughs> I, did, I tweeted some similar sad quotes. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta know your crowd, you know. Like when people are sad, you just gotta give them a sad one. So they, they can kind of like, oh, okay. And then like when they're happy, you give them a happy one. So it's just kind of like it's all part of it. I was the, so man, the man knows his audience. <laughs> thank you very much, Juan. Thank Appreciate you, Juan. it. Right, guys. Thank you. And a big thank you once again to Juan Toribio of MLB.com. He is the Dodgers beat writer for MLB.com. So you can read all his stuff, uh, as he said, on the Dodgers website. Uh, before I go on my Bob Costas rant, uh, I do want to both Babyface and Alicia were there in game one. And Toribio had hinted to what the environment was like at Dodger Stadium. So I want to get your guys' uh, reaction to that. Uh, Princesa, uh, how how was it for you? I, from what I understand, the environment was great up until the game started, and then all of a sudden, it was not so great. It, it was just like you just mentioned. The beginning, you know, we were there hours early ahead of time. Everybody's feeling good. Dodger fans happy. They have the live band. Everybody's eating, drinking, getting ready for Arizona because nobody fears the Diamondbacks. And I spoke to a bunch of people, took pictures. Everyone was just in such a good mood. And I did not meet one person who was nervous about Kershaw pitching. Um, I do know a fan, Dodger fans that don't like Kershaw pitching game one but they were just like it's all good after that first inning you know went down I'm again I'm in my seat and you just hear people shock then um they were you know like aghast like what An another one another one it was like DJ call it another one like just <laughs> over and over I was just I did not react I was staring and I just felt so for Kershaw, for the Dodgers. There was a little kid sitting with parents and they didn't understand what was happening. The little boy did not understand why everyone around looked so heartbroken. Then people got angry. I don't know if you saw this baby face, but there were gentlemen behind us who were now cussing, 
calling Kershaw names, calling Robertson names for putting Kershaw in. It just so many emotions in one in one half of an inning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just it was just disbelief, Juan. Like just I was in shock. I didn't get sad or angry. I was in shock for that first inning. You know, you know uh, uh, baby face. Be, before I before we get Babyface's reaction of what it was like from the press box, I do want to get your reaction on this, uh, Princess, because I know you have some feelings on this. There is a, vi- a video going around, and I don't know if it's genuine video or if it's a staged video of a Dodger fan taking off his Kershaw jersey and throwing it on the field. Now, if it's for symbolism purposes. I totally get that because I do feel, and you have just said this, there is a palpable anger in this Dodgers fan base. And I want to get into that first, but I want to get your thoughts because you have a theory on that video, right? Uh, My theory is that he did it for the ground. He did it for his TikTok or the X Twitter. I, my theory is he just did it so that you and I would be talking about it so that he could get, they're probably playing it on, you know, sports stations because everyone loves to dump on the Dodgers and we're going to get into Bob Costas, right? Please tell me yeah. you're going to get into okay. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to get into Bob Costas. <laughs> but seriously, I think that's why that young fan did it. And I was joking saying, I'm sure he ran back down and grabbed it. As soon as, <laughs> you know, he turned to his friend that was recording. He's like, you got it? All right, cool. And then ran and grabbed his jersey. I mean, I, I see that quite often, people doing things like they're out there for the community, volunteering, raising money, all of that for the gram. And then as soon as the cameras are off, I mean, I've seen that in at a professional level in news. As soon as the cameras are off, you see the true person. It's just for the camera. Because I mean, I, I don't, I have no, that has no place for me. I, I, you know, baseball is romantic. It breaks your heart, especially October. But yeah, I, I, I don't think that was real. I, don't I, I mean, I saw another video where a guy ripped off his, he ripped off his hoodie. He ripped his hoodie in half. He ripped his Dodger hat. And I'm just, I was like, bro, kind about this game one. It, it's just game one. You're never going to make it. Babyface, you were in the press box. Now there's supposed to be objective people in there. Right. There is also a lot of shit talking in the press box, but like, so what was the mood like in that first inning in the press box? So, yeah, I mean, you know, the beginning of the game, right? You have the introductions. Everybody's, like, looking out and filming. And, you know, the And friend of the guy just said uh, Eric Carroll's throughout the first pitch. Yeah, yeah, the Carroll's throughout the first pitch. You have the flyover. So everybody's, like, all right, you know, excited, right, feeling. And then, you know, the first play of the game, Altman drops that ball. Then another single, another more, a couple more hits, and then the home run. And I'm – so I'm sitting in the – separate area from the press box because it was packed. So I'm, I'm in the dining area and I'm sitting next to two uh, people, I guess they're from Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as soon as they're like, oh, yeah. And like, you know, you can see them like reacting and then then the home run comes and then they're just like, oh, yeah. And like, you know, just talking about Arizona and then some other guy comes and playoff Kershaw, playoff Kershaw. And that's all I kept hearing for like three, four innings. They're just talking about playoff Kershaw, playoff Kershaw. And they're just you know, you know, bringing up, you know, down, you know, Arizona and blah, 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 and this and that. I'm like, okay, whatever. And it's like, like, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it was. I mean, I mean, I get it. And I, you know, I mentioned it to, to you the other day, like, it's kind of scary just because 
I, I sat in for um, when they were talking to the D-backs in, in the media, the media day, and they were talking to Lovello and they're talking to Hall and Mike Hayes and, and some of the players. And it got me a little nervous just because I was hearing, you know, you know, Arizona probably not supposed to be there. Right. They played, you know, they played pretty good baseball and, you know, and they, and they got in. Right. But they have that momentum. And I would hear just these guys. They've looked up to the Dodgers, right? Derek Hall used to work for the Dodgers, right? Yeah. They, they they see the Dodgers, and that is what everybody wants to be. They want to be where the Dodgers are at. They have a lot of respect for the Dodgers, but they know that they're they're a good team and they they deserve to be there, right? And they've won their games. And I was just hearing all this, and I'm like, this is so set up for a huge letdown. Like these guys come in here and and just walk over the Dodgers because. It, it, it's set up that way, right? Like you just have those feelings and just hearing them made me nervous. Like, crap, these guys are hungry. They're young. They right. want it. They want it. Like <laughs> I know the Dodgers players have young players too, right? But they've been there. They're there. They're they're at the top. Like, I mean, is it going to take for them to completely fall off the top, you know, be out of the playoffs and then kind of rebuild to kind of get that, I guess, that, that hunger again? I mean, yeah, they have a couple of guys, but, you may need a lot more than that, right? Because, like, the Diamondbacks, they're all young. They've never been there. They're all inexperienced. They want it, and they want it bad. And that's what kind of made me nervous, you know, going into that game. And then and then everything that happened in that game, I'm like, crap. I mean, Dodgers got to – they got to come out. Like, the Diamondbacks came out in game one. They got to come out like that in game two. Uh, Princess, I got to ask you this. When you hear Babyface say that the Diamondbacks are hungrier, they want it more – how does that make you feel? Because I feel like we hear that every year about the other team that the Dodgers are playing. I definitely heard that about last season, about the Padres wanting it, about the Dodgers not taking the Padres seriously, that they didn't show up. And that's why I thought this team, you know, this season that they were different because we hear over and over that these Dodgers play for each other. They play for one another. They have something to play for. And maybe they too. I I definitely was looking forward to Arizona. Because, I mean, the Dodgers own Arizona. They lost five to Arizona, but that was the beginning of the season. They never lost after the beginning of the season. They beat Arizona soundly. wasn't close. So, yeah, I was pretty confident. I did not think they would sweep because it's baseball and it's a lot of baseball to be played. And I thought the Dodgers are going to lose one. I didn't think it'd be game one. Let me rephrase that. Let me restate that, I should say. But I do do not like to hear that because what if it's true? I don't want to think that about the Dodgers, that they don't want it more, that they are not hungry. They're competitive. Look at Freddie Freeman. I mean, he's competitive with himself much, you know, also with other teams. Like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to believe that. But, I mean, what else is there unless it's the momentum thing? Unless it's like you interrupted MLB, a person who plays baseball every single day, then you sit them down for five or more days. Now they have to get back into that routine. And, you know, in baseball, athletes are superstitious too, right? So what if they don't like the time off and they just have to get going again? Um, I, I don't know that they're not hungry. I don't know. You know, sometimes Los Angeles gets blamed for being too much of a distraction, Right. Like there's we, there's so much going on here versus a smaller town or a smaller club or a smaller city. And you maybe get caught up in the bright lights and just are like, well, we were already here. Like Babyface said, 
the Dodgers are already at the top. So do they not want to win the World Series? Because I told you how upset I was last season. We've discussed how I broke up with the Dodgers. <laughs> but they're like that toxical boyfriend that just lures me back. <laughs> and here I am again going, no, wait. This is just like last season. <laughs> You look, said it wasn't going to be like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's, look, this is overreaction Monday. This episode is overreaction Monday, right? It's one game. The Dodgers lost one game. But I mean, last year, the show pods lost the first game, and then they came back and took the next three games. So the Dodgers could do that. I mean, Babyface, you picked them in four. Amy picked them in four. I was the only one that said the Dodgers in five. Like, everybody else was pretty confident. And it could still happen. It's one game. It could be also that the Diamondbacks give the Serpientes credit. They had a great plan, and they executed it perfectly on Kershaw. Kershaw also left pitches right over the plate, and the Diamondbacks didn't miss. You know, so so that's it. Uh, but it says that you were going to chime in with something. I, I could even chime in with that. They, they just The Diamondbacks were not afraid of Kershaw. Yeah. Even though it's Kershaw and he's got a great record with the D-backs. Nope. They were just, to use that phrase again, hungrier, scrappier. Like these young guys, especially, I heard guys or gentlemen yesterday, they were comparing Corbin, Corbin Carroll yeah. to Mookie Betts. They're like, oh, he's the next. And these are Dodger fans giving these young guys love. But then it just quickly just spiraled. Then they just stopped talking. They just, they weren't saying anything positive. <laughs> I did see Eric Carroll's, our friend of the Carne Asada, <laughs> yeah. in the dugout club. And all we did was give each other a look. That's, <laughs> you know, because what what can you say? He, I knew, like, oh, like, what's that? And we just kept giving each other looks, like, you know, like. Look, you just got to have, like they always say, you got to have a short-term memory on this. You just yeah. got to flush it. it. It was a horrible game, and you just got to hope. Look, if the Dodgers come back and they win, now, I mean, the Diamond, the Serpientes have a very young team, too. So what happens when the pressure is applied to the Serpientes? So far, they've been able to handle it. Uh, if the Dodgers don't win game two, and because one of the things that we haven't talked about, and we'll save it for after game two, was the offense didn't look very well in game one. The Kershaw is taking all the heat. James Outman, which I think unfairly is taking uh, too much heat for this. Okay, yes, he made an error. If he catches that ball, the Diamondbacks score four runs instead of five in that. The Dodgers only scored two runs in the game. So right now the Dodgers offense is getting a pass because of what happened to Kershaw. But if game two happens and you see the Dodgers only score two runs or they get shut out again, that's the same thing that happened last year against the show pods. Where was the offense? Yes. Where did the offense go? So we'll save that conversation for another time. Uh, there's a couple of things that I want to get into before we end this episode one is the in the princessa talked about it the palpable anger that dodger fans have out there and that is frustration because when they saw game one they are reliving the trauma it's it's what la princessa said Frigger. where she's gonna about to go on sabbatical again right now fairly <laughs> shortly i mean 
Dodger fans are frustrated because every year it's like what the princesa said, hey, this year's going to be different. And it's not. Every year it's the same thing. And we talked about it briefly with Toribio. We'll have to see how this postseason ends. But if the Dodgers, again, fall short and they don't even get out of the divisional series, this is a real thing, I think, that they have to discuss. And that is 11 years of postseason baseball and the postseason, something happens to them because they don't perform the same way they do in the regular season. So there's many reasons to we can get into that. I want to end the show with this, and that is my anger towards Bob Costas. For those of you who are loyal Mark, listeners to the, yes, go ahead. Real, real quick before you get into your 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 angst with Costas, yeah. like one thing that we've always discussed too is like we look at the player, like fans are like fans get upset, right? Like yeah. and, and pissed off. And we always think like, well, the, the players they don't seem they're upset, right? They're just like whatever, right? They won, they lost. But I can tell you, last night in the clubhouse. Like Kershaw visibly upset, right? Like you yeah. say, the saddest Christmas ever. Like the players that were in there, you can tell that they were upset. Like they, 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 they felt it. They were wearing it. I was telling you, James Altman. You know, he came in, he got dressed. Everybody was waiting by his lo- his locker because they wanted to talk to him. And he's he walks. He's walking from the backside, and he's walking out. Nobody even knows he's walking out until reporters saw him. And like you can tell, he's pissed off. And he's and he stops him, and he's all like, "Hey, um." Can you can you talk? And he's like, okay. And he went over there, right? So like, I mean, he's he didn't want to talk, but he's doing the professional thing. And like, you know what? I'm gonna go and answer and answer up. But yeah, I mean, you can tell these guys were were pissed off last night, and and a lot of guys weren't in there because you know, like I said, they're probably pissed off. But I I saw it firsthand that these guys were upset about the loss. So you know, you can't just say like, oh, you, these guys don't care. I mean, I, I saw last night that they're pretty upset. That's a good thing, right, Juan? We, we want them to be frustrated and want to punch back, right? Hopefully. <laughs> well, yeah. But, I mean, and, and that's the thing. I, I don't subscribe to the fact that when people say these guys don't care, it's, right. it's what Don Trell says, man. Those other guys drive nice cars, too, you know? So it's like these things are not just on paper. Yeah, you, this is why you play the games, Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just hopefully they can bounce back and actually execute. But I, the thing that is just mind-blogging, I, I think really intelligent fans who follow the game, I think what the frustration is, is why is it that other teams can put it together in the postseason and the Dodgers can't? And I think what the frustration is even greater on is the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros every year come and they bring it and they can perform and maybe they do fall short sometimes and they don't win the World Series, but they make it to the World Series. I can't remember the last time that the Astros were ever eliminated in in a division series. So it's like it can be done. And I think that's what's more infuriating. Go, Go ahead, Princesa. Speaking on the Astros, I mean, it's the Astros and the Twins. It's like Korea. Versus yeah. his old team. And I'm just like, ah, I can't cheer for either. Like, it's just like, I'm not going to even watch. I just, I don't even watch those games. I just check the score, stay on top of that. Because I can't, I can't, I, I can't. And I love Dusty Baker. And I, I believe that is a huge factor. Is the best thing Houston did is bring in Dusty Baker. I think that's a big reason why um those guys keep doing it in the postseason those those guys 
<laughs> yeah, those guys. I mean, but look, it's just one game. This is an yeah. overreaction Monday. We are overreacting to everything we saw in game one. Things could completely change. I'll tell you this, if it doesn't, tune into this show after game two because <laughs> it's going to get even spicier. I, I want to end I want to end the show on this rant with Bob Costas. And as I had said to people before, if you're a loyal listener or viewer to this show, you know that Bob Costas is in my fight club. And the people in my fight club happen to just be all broadcasters. Um, but I have a a a, a very special contempt uh, for Bob Costas. And I'm going to submit the first game of the NLDS as the exhibit as to why. I don't like Bob Costas. I will say this. Bob Costas is a very accomplished. He's a very uh, professional, talented, extremely intelligent uh, 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 broadcaster. Uh, one of the things that I cannot stand is the pomposity when people who are intelligent feel the need to show off how intelligent they are. And last night, I think Bob Costas took it way too far in game one. Clayton Kershaw wasn't even off, off the field. He wasn't even in the clubhouse. And Bob Costas was already writing his obituary, saying this, is gonna, this might be the last time we see Clayton Kershaw on, on the mound here at Dodger Stadium. This may be the last time. This is the worst playoff uh, uh, you know, performance Clayton Kershaw has always done. And this is how I know that Bob Costas went too far because he spent the rest of the broadcasts trying to make up for that by saying, you know, Clayton Kershaw is one of the greatest pitchers ever. There's just no explanation as to why he performs this way. And it's like, no, dude, you can't do that. It's too late. You fucked up. You <laughs> fucked up. You went after the wrong guy. Okay. We're watching it. We're watching the game. We know what happened. Okay. For me, it felt like it was piling on, and this is how I also know it was so bad. Ron Darling, a noted Dodger hater, who has, you know, he hates the Dodgers. Right after Costas gives that speech, Ron Darling goes, well, I, I know how Clayton Kershaw's feeling because I gave up six runs in a game once here at Dodger Stadium, which was game seven of the NLCS in 1988. That was a game that they lost. So even Ron Darling at that point was like, hey, dude, you, yeah. need, to, you, you need to check yourself. You, you need, you're going in a little too hard. And th that's what kills me because everybody looks at, oh, Bob Costas is a great ambassador of the game. He loves baseball. He goes, I know he loves fucking trashing people. Yeah. Bob Costas wants to live in 1927. He wants to live back in the 1960s with Mickey Mantle. Well, get in your fucking DeLorean and go back there and watch that baseball. Okay. <laughs> I'm in, I live in the now I live here in the future and I would like to enjoy this. Okay. As frustrating as it is to see Kershaw get up there and just get, I mean, they were just killing him. There was no soft hit ball. Every ball was hit hard. Okay. I'm still smart enough to know that this dude is one of the best pitchers that ever played the game. Okay. And he's not the only pitcher who's a great pitcher who has not had great success in the postseason. There's a guy named Greg Maddox who was a damn good pitcher. Damn good pitcher. He's a Hall of Famer. And he wasn't very good in the postseason. Okay. 
I do, I'm not going to sit here and pile on Greg Maddox and say Greg Maddox. And I know people are like, well, that's what you're doing right now on Bob Costas one. And I just say, hey, look, this is my fight club. You make your own fight club. Yeah. You go, if you want to put me in your fight club, then you go ahead. You put me in there. I just, I, I, I was so infuriated. What pissed me off more was having to listen to Bob Costas yesterday than what was actually happening to the Dodgers. So that is my rant. I'm going to leave it to the princess and babyface. If you guys want to add anything before we end the show. Um, I would just like to add that. I respect your opinion so much. And I know you're a pretty fair guy. I know your nickname is the Prince of Darkness, <laughs> but you are able, you are intelligent enough yourself to listen to others. Okay. You don't have to agree but listening is a skill and one, you definitely have that. So I can just imagine how upset you were having to listen because that broadcast, he just gets to talk, right? Yeah. He gets to say whatever he wants. It's a huge platform. And dude, dude, like it's just so disrespectful to kick a man when he's down. And that's my takeaway is like, ew, it's like Bob Costas, really? Like it's kind of like a bully, like a, dick move like you're kicking a man you don't have to like kershaw you don't yeah. have to like the dodgers but there is a way sir as a professional as a you know ambassador for the game and for sports broadcasting to express your opinion on what is obviously falling apart for kershaw and the dodgers without going there i'm with you and and yeah you, you try to take it back maybe maybe somebody was like yo bro like know your you know, like, know your crowd, know your, I don't know. I, I, I didn't hear it as it happened. And it, there is, there are other people that feel the way you do, Juan. And maybe Bob Costas is in multiple fight clubs. Um, Look, like, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to say this, Princesa. If he goes, if he's saying this is, might be the last time we see Clayton Kershaw on the mound at Dodger Stadium, why the fuck would you then spend all this time dumping on him so when people go back to why hey this is the last time we saw kershaw and now this is what i'm going to do i'm going to hear bob costas just dumping on him i want to read here are some tweets about bob costas so i am not the only one that felt like this okay no, you're, not. you're not obviously all the dodger haters loved costas last night because this is the messages that I got from the Dodger haters. I say, am I the only one who thought Bob Costas was fucking hilarious last night? Well, why did you think he was hilarious? Because he was fucking trashing Kershaw. Okay. This person decided to tag TNT sports because the game was on TBS. Bob Costas is awful. He was horrible towards Clayton Kershaw last night. Get rid of him. Okay. Uh, here's another one. Paola Herrera. I will never get over how damn rude the commentators were. My God, Bob Costas needs to watch his damn mouth. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, look, there's more messages that I can go sample. on. Yeah, 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 that's a sample. Uh, again, I don't know. Maybe he's turning into that old man on, you know, get off my cloud. Like he just has to be nasty and mean. But that is not something that I would aspire to. If I, if I was still in the, that side of the broadcasting business, that's a lesson on how not to handle game one of an NLD, like any kind of championship game, any game, any time, especially with a future Hall of Famer. 
and a man who dedicated his life to baseball and to helping others. I mean, Kershaw, that's what I'm saying. I almost felt like he, after reading what he was saying, because again, I didn't get to hear it, you know, as a, as Bob Costas was saying, just reading some of the comments, I'm like, yo, like, is he taking, it's like personal. He, he yeah. yelled at me, like, it, it just felt personal. I'm like, ew, Bob, ew. Yeah, and, and you know what? I I would never do this uh, because uh, to me he couldn't sniff Vin Scully's jockstrap. Uh, but this is to me another reason why Vin Scully was so great. Babyface, check me if I'm wrong on this. You ever hear Vin Scully ever trash an opponent? Ever trash a player? Even when a player did something horrible or was. Do you ever, uh, that's the thing to me, Alicia, and I think you brought it up. I think you said it beautifully. And that is, I always felt that Vin Scully had so much respect for any of those players, whether they played for the Dodgers or was on the opposing team, that he would never resort to diminishing their performance on the field. And I don't know how many uh, announcers, because I really don't listen to that many, uh, follow suit. Like if, if Vin Scully really is the goat and that's who you should pattern yourself off after uh, some announcers have failed because I, I just, I, I felt Bob Costas was very out of line. Uh, baby face. I know you were at the game, so you didn't hear any of this. Uh, any, any thoughts here? Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I didn't hear that. Just same thing. I, I, I kind of just read some stuff and I didn't really know what they're talking about, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of odd that you know you, that you'd hear an announcer doing that, right? Especially like a player like Kershaw of, of his caliber, right? Yeah. I mean, Hall of Fame pitcher, right? And and to you know, you know, stoop that low to to you know call him out or whatever. I mean, it just makes no sense. I'm thinking about that poor kid that was trying to get his autograph and and uh, <laughs> out in press box row. I, I think I think you need to find him and tell him hey. Dude, you don't you don't need that autograph. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> let me tell you a story about the real. I'm gonna tell you this uh, this scary monster story. This monster's name is Bob Costas. Look, <laughs> and I know I, my apologies to you, Babyface, because I know that I've blown any opportunity of having Bob Costas on this show because he he won't come on this show, and I know that I wouldn't even be able to be fair to to him in an interview. To tell you the truth, I I just. Yeah, I think the it was just the way Alicia said it to me made me realize what it is that that really drives me insane about him, and and that is just I, I think it's a level of disrespect that he shows because he's constantly saying how great those players are from the 1960s. And hey, man, no one's taking anything away from those guys, Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle, but these guys who are playing today too, they're damn good. And guess what? The guys playing today, they're playing against more international talent. They're playing against Asian players. They're playing against Latinos. You know, we're not going back to the 1920s where there were no, you know, no African-Americans were allowed to play. No Latinos were allowed to play. I mean, appreciate those of the guys that are out because these guys, everybody says Mike Trout, it's like watching Mickey Mantle play maybe just focus more on how great these guys really are. And that's the reason why we're watching these games. And I just feel that this dude spends just as much time trying to trash the product, which baffles me as to why they put him on the call. When I saw that it was going to be Ron Darling and Costas calling the Dodgers series as just let the baseball gods hate us. They just hate us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm glad I missed it. I would have just been so furious. I would have drank my feelings at home, too. Um, and, and if any of our viewers or any of our listeners, if you feel differently, if you think I'm out of line criticizing causes, I would love to hear your guys' opinion. You know, send the message over to us. I, I, I Am I wrong? Am I just, was I taking it too personal? I just, I, I felt, you know, it's bad enough that the guy, you know, just got hammered. Gives up six runs in the first eight, a pitch the third of an inning. And yeah, it is true. That might be the last time we see Clayton Kershaw at Dodger Stadium. So that's how you choose to, to send him out. Right. You know? Yeah. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Bleed Loves podcast. Too much. Maybe. May, you know? Maybe. That's a, that's right. a to have that much. And then maybe you're been doing it a little. Yeah, I said it. I said it, Bob. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm not the only one throwing out the heat now. Thank you. I appreciate it. We're, we're on an island, Alicia. You and yeah, I. I know. <laughs> Look, I know this has been an emotional reaction to game one of the NLDS. We hope that game two goes very differently. Uh, I know Babyface will be there for game two. Uh, so hopefully... After game two, we're going to have a very different conversation and the series is tied. But for now, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. A lot of the post-game and pre-game interviews from the play, uh, from the postseason are going to be available on our YouTube. So on our YouTube channel. So that's why you guys need to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can go ahead and watch all of that. Uh, for now, you are sido su servidor Juan Ramirez de parte de mis colegas, la princesa de Picolandia, Alicia Del Valle, and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.